We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Away we go, episode 716 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Friday, December 8th, 2023. And my friends, we on Thursday afternoon got word of something that I know so many of you have been wanting for so long. The Angelos family being in talks to sell the Orioles, a report from Bloomberg, that Washington, D.C. area billionaire David Rubenstein is in talks to buy the O's. Uh, Now, we don't know whether a sale is imminent or even close, but the report did say that Rubenstein is, quote, among suitors pursuing a transaction, end quote. So at the very least, there is an openness from the Angelos family to doing what we have wanted it to do for so long. Sell the team. The Angelos family selling the O's would mean so many good things. Joe Angel, what would one of those things be? And the Orioles again in the win column. (laughs) That's right, Joe. That is exactly right. Uh, Much more on this later in the show. Hello and welcome to this Friday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Next segment, I have one Sam H. talking about another Sam H. I'm going to be joined by Sam Hoppin, data scientist for Fantasy Pros. He is a scientist of NFL analytics, and he has conducted a study of how NFL quarterbacks this regular season are performing in various so-called stable conditions. Uh, The work of Pro Football Focus has shown that quarterback metrics for stable conditions, like metrics for clean pocket passes, are more predictive than quarterback metrics for high-variance conditions, like off-schedule passes. Uh, Well, Sam Hoppin has done this study of how NFL quarterbacks this regular season are performing in various so-called stable conditions, and we're going to get into what his study tells us about Another Sam H. Commanders quarterback, Sam Howell. 
Uh, also on the show, we'll talk Capitals, a 5-4 shootout loss to the Dallas Stars at Capital Win Arena on Thursday night. The Caps blew a 3-1 second period lead and a 4-3 third period lead. And I, on the show, have some college football for you, a Goldilocks preview and pick for Navy versus Army at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts, this Saturday afternoon at 3. Speaking of college football, by the way, new head coach, for James Madison, the school on Thursday afternoon announced the hiring of Bob Chesney as head coach to replace Kurt Zignetti, who left to become Indiana's head coach. Uh, the Duke's hiring Chesney had been expected. He spent the last six seasons as Holy Cross's head coach. Holy Cross and FCS school Chesney led the Holy Cross Crusaders uh, to a program record five consecutive Patriot League championships and an overall record of 44 and 21. Chesney is 46. And if you're a Maryland fan like me and you hear that JMU has hired a Holy Cross head coach as head coach, you think of one man, the Duff man, (laughs) former Maryland head coach Mark Duffner, uh, who was the Terrapins head coach for the 1992 through 1996 seasons, off being Holy Cross's head coach. And believe it or not, Mark Duffner still in coaching. He is currently a senior defensive assistant for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, the Duffman is still around. Uh, you can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. I got a lot of feedback on our conversation with Pro Football Focus lead NFL draft analyst Trevor Sikama. Uh, he was on Thursday's show, episode 715, and he was great uh, talking about what the commanders should do with their potential top five pick in the 2024 NFL draft. Uh, thank you to my friend Disco for his nice words about the interview. Uh, Disco, a great follow on X. Lots of smart commanders takes uh, from E. Dwyer on X. I'm starting to lean Olu. Uh, thank you for that E. Yeah, uh, Penn State left tackle Olu Fashanu. Uh, Trevor, on Thursday's show, a lot of good things to say about Olu. Uh, from the rally mullet on X, have to take MH Jr. if he's available. Uh, thank you for that rally mullet. Uh, MH Jr. is an Ohio State receiver, Marvin Harrison Jr., who Trevor Sikama raved about, said the commander should take over Olu Fashanu if presented with that choice. Uh, from Daryl on X on the commanders, writes Daryl, touching moment. I am sporting commander's gear, as always. A little eight-year-old says, go commanders. I play on the commander's flag team. I told him to do great in school, and we will return to glory soon. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for that, Daryl. Very nice to read that. You see, who says that the commanders are not cultivating young fans? Uh, Email from Rob regarding what I have deemed the way for the rest of the commander's season. The way being Sam Howell playing well in each game, but the commander's defense doing just enough to lose each game so that the team exits this season with a QB1 moving forward, but also a very high pick in the first round of the 2024 draft. Writes Rob, hi Al, please don't consider this feedback as criticism, but rather an intervention (laughs) from a friend who cares. Getting excited about next year's draft and losing this year is just loser talk and very predictable for this fan base. It is an annual topic midway through the year. These guys are prideful pros, and the coaches, particularly EB, are coaching for their careers. These people are certainly not trying to improve next year's draft position. Washington has had good draft 
draft positions and has absolutely squandered many of them. The draft is not necessarily the answer. Your focus needs to continue to be finding a proper general manager who can manage the talent and find a head coach who is capable of building an effective staff, all regardless of the draft position. Sam Howell is just good enough to confuse the current staff. I'm not sure if he's good enough to be a QB1, but the weekly pick sixes give me serious doubt. Let's let the chips fall where they may in terms of draft position and not celebrate losing. You're entitled to demand better. Your friend, Rob. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for the email, Rob. Thank you for the intervention, Rob. So the notion that rooting for your team in a lost season to lose more in order to improve draft position actually is the opposite of loser talk. The idea behind that talk is for the team to become truly good. And getting as high of a first-round pick as possible can help a team to become truly good. Doesn't guarantee anything, but certainly can help a team to become truly good. I want the commanders to be truly good. I want the commanders to be sustainably good. Meaningless, empty-calorie wins late in a lost season serve no purpose other than to lessen draft position. So as I've said, I want Sam Howell to play well. I want other players to play well. I just don't want the team to win, okay? I would be good with the commanders losing each of their four remaining regular season games like 35-34, okay? Sam Howell plays well at each game, but the defense does just enough to lose each game. Remember, this defense is going to be revamped, all right? So what the defense does the rest of this season really doesn't matter all that much. Uh, To the point about coaches and players are going to try to win, of course they are. I'm not suggesting that they should be throwing games. I'm not advocating for a point-shaving scandal, okay? I'm simply telling you what I want, what to me is in the best long-term interests of the team. And to the point about the team having missed with previous high draft picks, the team having missed on previous high draft picks is not an argument against the value of high draft picks. That's an argument for getting better people to make usage of these high draft picks. To say that the team having missed with previous high draft picks is an argument against the value of high draft picks, that's actually a loser talk because that argument presupposes that you as a team are helpless with what happens with the picks. No, get the right people making usage of those picks, either via who is taken or trading the picks. And you'll see better results with the picks. Uh, There are good players throughout every NFL draft. No doubt. I get that. You don't have to have a top five pick to get a really good player in a first round. But a higher pick is always better than a lower pick, if for no other reason than trade value. And a law firm that places great value on clients is the great law firm of Paulson and Nace. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wronged, but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Paulson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm that handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. Paulson and Nace provides passionate advocacy on behalf of injury victims designed to help them and their families move forward after the most difficult of times. And Paulson and Nace is excellent at what it does. Paulson and Nace has recovered millions of dollars 
for the second injured. In fact, Paulson and Nace was just named as part of U.S. News and World Report's Best Law Firms 2024 edition. But how about this by Paulson and Nace? Two verdicts versus Merrill Dow totaling $132 million. Yes, Paulson and Nace has taken on Big Pharma and won. Heck, Paulson and Nace has taken on the U.S. government and won. Bradley versus the United States of America. Paulson and Nace won a case for which the United States government had to pay nearly $1.8 million. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit paulsonandnace.com. That's paulsonandnace.com. Just don't forget to tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, when tragedy happens, let the family of Paulson and Nace take care of your family. Hey, thank you to all of you who have given this podcast a five-star rating and who have written nice reviews of the podcast. You on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. And you on Apple Podcasts can write a review saying that you like the podcast. The review does not have to be long. It can be just a sentence or two, but the ratings and the reviews help us out a lot. So thank you very much for doing them. Uh, so we have no game for the Commanders in this NFL Week 14. They finally have their bye for this season. Uh, this is the latest possible buy that an NFL team can have. And yet this has been the bye week for the commanders in each of their last two seasons. Now the commanders bye week for the 2022 season was week 14, uh, latest bye weeks for the franchise since the inception of bye weeks in the NFL in the 1990 season. Now I would much rather that the commanders have a late bye week as opposed to an early bye week. Uh, NFL bye weeks can take place from weeks 5 through 14. I would much rather that the commanders have their bye in week 14 than in week 5, but I have long maintained that NFL bye weeks should be condensed. Uh, Bye weeks should take place from, say, week 7 through 12, uh, something like that. A week 5 bye is too early, and a week 14 bye is too late. Well, we know with near certainty that Commander's managing partner Josh Harris will be saying bye <laughs> to, to head coach Ron Rivera no later than uh, soon after the team's season ends. Uh, as we wait on that, uh, nothing for the Commanders on the field matters more than the play of quarterback Sam Howell. How does he do over the team's final four games of this regular season? Does he play well enough to make it so that whoever is running the team's football operations beyond this season has Sam as the QB1 moving forward? Or does Sam's play end up dictating that the Commanders need to be thinking quarterback in the 2024 NFL draft in which the team, as of now, would have the number four overall pick. I'm pleased to welcome back to the Al Galdi podcast, Sam Hoppin. Uh, He is a data scientist for Fantasy Pros. Fantasypros.com, very good site if you're into fantasy football and or NFL analytics. Uh, You can follow Sam on X at Sam Hoppin. And Sam on X puts out a lot of interesting graphics. Uh, He this past Tuesday morning put out a really interesting graphic examining how quarterbacks this season have performed in so-called stable situations as defined by Pro Football Focus and the results regarding Sam Howell are worth exploring. Uh, Sam, nice to talk to you again. How are you? Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm doing well. It's, uh, 
it's good to be chatting with you again. Yeah, appreciate you coming back on. So the premise of you looking at quarterbacks via performances in stable metric situations was what? It, there's So there's a lot of noise in, in quarterback play, obviously, right? And I think, you know, PFF has, has defined these stable metrics as aspects of quarterback play with some of the bigger sample sizes, right? And you can you can split quarterback play in a, a number of different ways. And what they found is that, you know, when projecting a, a quarterback's future output, their performance in these situations, whether it's from a clean pocket on early downs, things like that are going to be more predictive uh, for their future performance in, in those situations and, and in general. And typically, I mean, PFF has their grades for players in those certain situations. I unfortunately do not have access to that level of data. So with the data I do have, just put it into the the five buckets that I have on the chart here, which include uh, a clean pocket, standard dropbacks, first and second down, no play action, and at or beyond the stick. So throwing past the first down marker. Um, and used quarterback EPA to measure how quarterbacks have been performing in those situations. And one note on the QB EPA that I use is it doesn't, it doesn't account for the yards after the catch that a, uh, a player gets. So it, it only gives credit for the, to the quarterback up into the catch point. Uh, so anything after the fact is not going to be captured in that. And uh, I think that too gives a little bit of a, a better view in terms of how uh, these quarterbacks are playing. So it was more just a, I'm kind of interested to see how, how things are going. I, I put a number of charts out weekly and, and this is one I had actually produced around the same time last year when, when a lot of people were debating how Tua Tango Vailoa had been doing and, and wanted to see how some of the got some of the top MVP candidates this year have, have been performing in that realm. And uh, yeah, a lot of people enjoyed it. And you used EPA, expected points added, as the method for evaluating how quarterbacks did in these uh, five stable situations as defined by Pro Football Focus. And the version of EPA that you used was the version from NFL Fast R, uh, which can be found at NFLFastR.com. And that would be R as in the letter R. Uh, The five stable situations that you looked at for each quarterback were plays on which the quarterback had clean pockets as determined by Pro Football Focus, plays on which the quarterback had standard dropbacks, first and second down plays for the quarterback, so early downs, uh, plays for the quarterback on which there was no play action, and pass attempts by the quarterback at or beyond the sticks. Uh, All of these situations are viewed as stable situations by PFF, and stable situations tend to be more predictive and indicative of how a quarterback will do moving forward. Uh, So Sam Howell, he for this regular season has a positive EPA in two of these five categories, uh, those being clean pocket plays and pass attempts at or beyond 
the sticks. Uh, Sam for this regular season has a negative EPA in the other three categories. Uh, it is worth noting that the negative EPAs are like moderately negative. The positive EPA on clean pocket plays is like solidly positive, and the positive EPA on pass attempts at or beyond the sticks is overwhelmingly positive. Uh, a lot to digest. What do you make of what your research shows us about Sam Howell? Yeah, so when I looked at and I, I split it out a little bit more, um, or I guess uh, looking at some of his rankings relative to other quarterbacks, I included all quarterbacks who uh, have at least 100 dropbacks so far this year. He ranks about 20th to 28th in, in most of these metrics, and I think that generally lines up with with how he's played so far this year he's he hasn't been the worst quarterback by any means but he I think is is right about average I, I think he fits in that bucket of quarterbacks that you can win with but you're not necessarily necessarily going to win because of um, you know I think Early in the, the season, a lot of people were comparing him to, to Jameis Winston with the, the high level of both exhilarating plays and, and big-time throws, but also the, the, the largely negative plays. And we, we've seen over the, over the past couple of weeks, a lot of the, uh, the pick sixes he's had, uh, obviously contributing to that as well. But I think it's, it's been an interesting season for him, for sure. I think he's had some different streaks of a positive play, but now uh, trending more negative. So he's he's been a fascinating use case for sure. Yeah. So Sam Howell's season from an EPA standpoint has been marred big time by the sacks, uh, which are EPA killers, as you know. Uh, Sam for this regular season through week 13 was number 12 among all quarterbacks in the NFL in ESPN's total EPA, which does not include sack EPA, but he also was dead last by miles in sack EPA minus 22.9. Something that stood out to me in looking at your graphic was how Sam Howell's breakdown was similar to that of Denver Broncos quarterback Russell Wilson. Positive EPA in the categories of clean pocket plays and pass attempts at or beyond the sticks. Negative EPA in the other three categories. Uh, There are similarities between Sam and Russ in terms of body type and play style. Do you view them as being similar quarterbacks? To an extent, yes. I think the biggest difference between the two, and, and I'm not sure what to really make of this, is the pure volume of dropbacks that Sam is taking versus Russell Wilson. I mean, he is dropping back every single play, it, it seems like, at times. So in that regard, like I, I don't know if that makes you more confident that sort of what he, he is, what he is, because you have a, a much larger sample or gives you some more pause to say, okay, well, this is this this is sort of what he is. So I think comparing to to other quarterbacks is a little bit difficult in in some of these situations because there there obviously are a lot of confounding factors and I think the way Russell Wilson has gotten to to some of his numbers is is much different than what Sam Howell has has done this year. I mean, I put out another chart uh, just last night looking at cumulative quarterback EPA throughout the year and that's just on you know play after play adding up their their EPA throughout the season and Sam's line is, is much further than everyone else's out there because he, he's 
throwing the ball so much more. But it's been sort of around like zero the entire year. And it's it's not, again, it's, it's what I was saying earlier. He hasn't been great, but he hasn't been terrible uh, for for most stretches throughout the year. It's, it's cratered off a little bit the past couple of weeks with some of the, a lot of the turnovers he's had, especially against the, the Giants a couple of weeks ago. But it's, you know, I, I was thinking before we were recording, like, what do you do with Sam Howell? Do you keep keep playing him next year? What do you do? I think a fifth round rookie on, on a rookie contract, like you give him another year. I think that the roster for Washington is a little bit further away than just needing another quarterback. And when you have a quarterback who, again, has shown some flashes to be able to sort of use him to at least evaluate some of the other players on offense. Uh, it's not like a, a Zach Wilson situation where it's it's really dire and, and you can't get a sense of how other players are playing. So I think at, at that low of a cost, he's certainly worth continuing to trot out there. More with Sam Hoppin in moments, but if you enjoy Commander's Conversation, always really good Commander's Conversation at bgobsession.com. Placate your burgundy and gold obsession at bgobsession.com. BG Obsession, or BGO, has been the home of the most knowledgeable, friendly, and passionate Washington fans on the web since 2009. BGO is a special place in which you can enjoy your fellow fans for some smart football discussion, great contests, game day chats, and even lifelong friendships. So what are you waiting for? Visit and join BGO at bgobsession.com. Home to your burgundy and gold obsession. We're talking Sam Howell with Sam Hoppin, data scientist for Fantasy Pros. One of the reasons that I wanted to have you on was the predictive nature of the stable metrics. And what we're all trying to figure out is, is Sam Howell worth further exploring as a QB1 beyond this season? You earlier referenced Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungabailoa. The Tua of a few years ago is not the Tua of right now. He has uh, busted out. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts, the uh, Jalen of a few years ago, is not the Jalen of right now. He busted out. Do you see anything with Sam that suggests a Tua-like leap or a Jalen-like leap could be coming from Sam Howell? I'm hesitant to say that there is. I think the biggest thing that's that's confusing for me right now is sort of the distribution of targets he's had to the playmakers. I mean, he, he leads the league in pass attempts by a, a very wide margin, but Washington doesn't have a single player in the top 20 in targets per game uh, and has just one in, in Terry McLaurin in the top seven. And I don't. This is this might be a, a an Eric Bieniemy thing too of the way he's scheming up these plays. But if I if I was a Washington fan, I'd want to see him targeting guys like Terry McClure and Jahan Dotson more often than you know some of the other guys on the team that are getting these these ancillary targets. So I think there's enough flashes there to say again, give him another shot next year. Like you're still going to be building up other parts of the roster. Obviously, the, the defensive line is not what it used to be anymore. The, the secondary could certainly use some some options, but I think the way that he's adjusted to, I mean, the sacks have gone down a little bit over the past couple of weeks, and that's, I think, in part two to Washington adding a couple extra 
guys in the block on each play, but I think it's, I, I'm hesitant to say, again, I'm hesitant to say that he's going to make a Tua or a Josh Allen or a Jalen Hurts type leap, but I'm also not, I'm not totally out on him. Whose data among quarterbacks other than Sam Howell in your study most struck you? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, there's a lot of people talking about Josh Allen and the way he's played this year, despite the the record that they've had uh, for the the Bills. I think C.J. Stroud, I mean, just what he's doing this year has been absolutely phenomenal. So I think those are, are two of the guys that, that really stand out. You know, you see with a lot of these guys, it's on this chart specifically, it's being higher on the, the two outside stats and then dipping a little bit similar to to what Howells is. But when you see guys like, again, Allen and, and Shroud who are consistently positive, it's it's really, really impressive. And then I think the other one is Will Levis. I mean, he's he's shown some flashes as well, similar to, to Sam Howell, just for me to say, you know, on a rookie contract with, with so many other parts of the team where you've got to you know, focus and, and bolster this offseason, you know, stick with him on, on the cheaper contract and see what, what he might be able to turn into in the future. Final question, as a man of data, as a man of stats, uh, with all of the stats that now are out there, which stats are your go-to stats for evaluating quarterbacks? Yeah, that's a, a, a very hotly debated <laughs> question. I, I, I think everyone's got you know, different answers, obviously, I think, you know, EPA, I don't think is a perfect stat for measuring quarterback play, but it might be one of the best that we have, uh, because it, the quarterback play does drive the team's success so much. And, and I typically prefer using EPA as a team stat for that reason, because there are 10 other, well, I guess 21 other players on the field, if you consider the defense that are changing these outcomes, but it's that, I mean, I think like the completion percentage over expectation is, is super indicative of, of how, and, and marrying that with their average depth of the target, I think is, is super important too, because a guy can have a 20% completion percent over expected, but be throwing three yard think and dunk passes every single play and that's not uh that impressive so i think those things and then seeing what they can do on the run i don't have a specific stat for this but like how they're scrambling how they're able to maneuver the pocket and stuff like that i think are uh, the biggest things that i look at sam hoppin data scientist for fantasy pros sam thank you have a nice weekend al thanks for having me on i appreciate it All right. Well, up next, I'm going to discuss the possibility of the Angelos family actually selling the Orioles. Uh, That happening would be worthy of a party, a massive party. Uh, If you are planning a big party or any big event, you got to go with Catering by Uptown. I absolutely would have Catering by Uptown cater our bye-bye Angelo's family party. (laughs) Catering by Uptown is the DMV's number one catering service. Catering by Uptown, it is a family business that prides itself on its signature dishes and flawless presentations. And Catering by Uptown goes beyond just food. 
Catering by Uptown offers personalized consultation and event planning assistance that are outstanding, including venue coordination, custom catering menu selection from over a thousand delicious dish selections, and a day of event coordinator who will make sure that everything runs smoothly from putting together and executing a menu to picking linens to selecting an excellent florist. Catering by Uptown is committed to meeting your needs and exceeding your expectations. Whether you are having a wedding or a corporate event, an intimate gathering or a gala, Catering by Uptown is the way to go. Visit cateringbyuptown.com and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Also know this, Catering by Uptown has job openings for the event waitstaff. No experience is necessary and you get paid in-house training. Great opportunity if you're looking for work. Visit cateringbyuptown.com. That's cateringbyuptown.com. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Well, always know that this podcast is the only podcast or show in the Washington, D.C. area that regularly talks Orioles. Uh, No other podcast or show in the D.C. area regularly talks O's. Uh, Why? Well, I'll let you figure that out. But the reason that I talk O's is that there still are many Orioles fans in the Washington, D.C. area. Washington, D.C. had no MLB team for the 1972 through 2004 seasons. That was a long time. So a lot of people who grew up in the D.C. area in the 70s and 80s and 90s grew up as O's fans. Heck, the O's during that time were covered like a Washington, D.C. team. The Washington Post covered the O's like a D.C. team. Home Team Sports, which is what is now Monumental Sports Network, uh, televised games for the Bullets, Capitals, and Orioles. And so I know that a lot of you listening are combo Commanders Orioles fans. <laughs> and so wouldn't it be something if we within a period of say a year saw both the Snyders sell the Commanders and the Angeloses sell the Orioles. <laughs> Such talk would have been a pipe dream not long ago. But We, of course, this past July 21st, had the official finalizing of the sale of the Commanders from Dan and Tanya Snyder to the Josh Harris Group. And might it be, could it be, that we sometime soon will have the Angelos family selling the O's. Jillian Tan of Bloomberg, she on Thursday afternoon reported that David Rubenstein is in talks to buy the Orioles. Now, there was not a ton of detail in the report in terms of where the talks are at or even if an offer has been made. It's also worth noting that the report said that Rubenstein isn't the only potential buyer of the team. The report referred to him as, quote, among suitors pursuing a transaction, end quote. Uh, But just the fact that there are talks going on is encouraging because that means that the Angelos family is open to selling the team, if not wanting to sell the team. And from a Nationals perspective, well, uh, while new ownership of the O's would not guarantee anything, 
You gotta think that new ownership might help us finally, mercifully, reach a resolution in the Masson dispute. The uh, never-ending, oh-so-tedious Masson dispute. And speaking of the Nats, David Rubenstein, that name has come up as a potential buyer of the Nats. Uh, David Rubenstein has come up as partnering with Monumental Sports and Entertainment founder and CEO Ted Leonsis to buy the Nats. Mike Ozanian of Forbes on April 14th 2022 reported that, quote, according to MLB insiders, the buzz is that David Rubenstein and Ted Leonsis are going to team up to make a bid for the Washington Nationals. End quote. Uh, Might David Rubenstein and Ted Leonsis instead be partnering to buy the O's? Look, Ted wants an MLB team. He wants an MLB team for programming for his monumental sports network. I was told years ago that Ted was interested in buying the O's. Uh, I not long ago was told that negotiations between Ted Leonsis and the learners for the Nats uh, were not going so well. So maybe Ted, in partnership with David Rubenstein, is pivoting toward buying the O's. Keep in mind, uh, buying the O's presumably would mean buying Masson, uh, of which the O's own a majority stake. Uh, David Rubenstein, he is the co-founder and co-chairman of the Carlisle Group, uh, which is a global investment firm based in Washington, D.C. He also is known as an interviewer, an author, and a historian. He actually is richer than Ted Leonsis is. If you go by Forbes, David, as of Thursday, was worth $3.6 billion. Ted, as of Thursday, was worth $2.8 billion. And to put Josh Harris in perspective, Josh, as of Thursday, was worth $7.7 billion per Forbes. Josh Harris is worth more than David Rubenstein and Ted Leonsis combined. (laughs) Think about that. Uh, The list of bad things that have happened with the O's under the ownership of the Angelos family is a mile long. Peter Angelos bought the O's in August 1993. He bought the team for $173 million. Uh, He now is 94. He has been in failing health for years. Uh, The team now is run by his son, John Angelos. Uh, John's brother, Louis Angelos, he on June 9th, 2022 filed a lawsuit against his brother John uh, and their mother Georgia Angelos for control of the O's, though we this past February learned that the uh, litigation had ended. It has been a really odd last two years for the O's, right? They have been in this great place in terms of baseball operations, but still in this bad place in terms of ownership. Well, what if new ownership is coming? What if the team is about to be in a great place in terms of baseball operations and in a great place in terms of ownership. Wouldn't that be nice? And what if this absurd Masson dispute is finally about to end? Because once that ends, then the sale of the Nats, oh yeah, remember that, <laughs> can finally actually happen. The Masson dispute has been the major impediment to the sale of the Nats. I mean, you think about what we may have here, right? New ownerships for the Commanders, the O's, and the Nats all within a few years. That is possible. I hope like heck that that ends up being the case. Uh, And while we're talking baseball, I do want to hit on some Nats news from early Thursday morning. Multiple reports that the Nats have agreed on a contract with free agent infielder slash outfielder Nick Senzel. Uh, The contract is reportedly a one-year, $2 million deal. Nick Senzel is a number two overall pick 
who has never panned out. Uh, the 2024 season will be his age 29 season. The Cincinnati Reds in November non-tendered Senzel, making him a free agent. Uh, they non-tendered him despite having taken him with the number two overall pick in the 2016 MLB draft out of the University of Tennessee. He just has not worked out. Senzel over five major league seasons with the Reds 2019 through 2023 had an OPS of just 671 and an OPS plus of just 77. And he put up these numbers over 1,366 regular season plate appearances. So it's not like the sample size was tiny. Uh, But Senzel does offer positional versatility. Uh, He over his five major league seasons with the Reds played all three outfield spots, third base and second base. Uh, The idea, according to my co-host on the Nats Chat podcast, Nats insider Mark Zuckerman of MassInSports.com, is for Senzel to play third base for the Nats. And so what that tells me is that the Nats believe that one of their top prospects, third baseman Brady House, is going to be ready for the majors sooner rather than later. Because the idea of having Senzel as the potential number one third baseman for the Nats is probably not an idea that you want playing out for long. So perhaps we'll see Brady House making his major league regular season debut within the first few months of the 2024 season. Uh, Brady House and outfielders Dylan Cruz and James Wood. They are the Nats' top three prospects. All three should be making their major league regular season debuts this coming season. Well, there is no overstating how great the news of the Angelos family selling the Orioles would be for both O's and Nats fans. Perhaps as great as Underdog Fantasy, which is the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports, and Underdog Fantasy has a special offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast, a deposit match of up to $100 for all new customers who sign up with the promo code GALDI, my last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app and use that promo code GALDI. Underdog Fantasy offers fantasy football, fantasy basketball, fantasy hockey. Underdog Fantasy offers daily contests and season-long fantasy. In fact, Underdog Fantasy offers season-long fantasy with a zero-stress scenario of no waivers, no trades, even no lineup setting. We all know that playing fantasy sports can be really time-consuming. Well, Underdog Fantasy removes the time consumption but keeps the fun and the potential to win money and take advantage of the free money. If you sign up now with the promo code GALDI, my last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI, Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit with up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of at least $10. So in other words, if you deposit $100, you get $100 for free. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code GALDI. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app and use that promo code GALDI. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and must be present in a state in which underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. And in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, the Capitals on Thursday night played their first home game in 13 days. Uh, the Caps got a point, but they should have gotten two points. Uh, the Caps fell to 12-8-3 in this NHL regular season with a 5-4 shootout loss to the Dallas Stars at Capital Win Arena on Thursday night. The Caps blew a 3-1 second period lead and a 4-3 third period lead. They went 0-1 on the penalty kill. They committed just one penalty the entire game, but the penalty was an interference on goalkeeper penalty by top line right wing Tom Wilson 24 seconds into the third period. And the ensuing Stars power play resulted in a power play goal. Uh, to tie the game at three. The Caps did go one of three on the power play, but they failed to score in overtime despite having a power play for the final one minute, 12 seconds of overtime. So you left this game feeling like the Caps should have gotten the two points. Uh, This was Caps head coach Spencer Carberry during his postgame press conference on Thursday night. A lot of, a lot of mistakes and we just got a lot of work to do. We got a lot of work to do. We make some some mistakes that just constantly are just digging ourselves, and it's our whole lineup, like our entire lineup, top to bottom, are um, just making massive, massive mistakes that you just can't make at this level if you expect to win hockey games. Simply put. Yeah, telling comments from Spencer Carberry. Uh, at least the Caps did score some goals, though. Four goals off having totaled just one goal over the previous. Two games. Uh, top line center Dylan Strom, another good game. He had two goals, an even Trent goal, 431 into the second period, and a power play goal, 908 into the third period. Uh, the two goals give Strom 100 career NHL regular season goals. Uh, he also had a game high six shots on goal and a team high seven total shot attempts. Dylan Strom for this regular season, number one on the Caps in goals with 10. Uh, Top line left wing Alex Ovechkin, a milestone night for him. He had a secondary assist for his 1500th 
career NHL regular season point. He became just the 16th player in NHL history to have at least 1,500 career regular season points. Uh, second line left wing Alexi Protis, he scored an even strength goal 7-11 into the first period and had a secondary assist. And guess who else scored a goal? Center Evgeny Kuznetsov. Yes, he did play. Uh, uh, this off being a healthy scratch for the Caps last game, their 6-0 loss at the Arizona Coyotes late night on Monday night. Uh, Kuznetsov in this game on Thursday night was the Caps' third line center, so he has been demoted yet again, but he played in what was his 700th career NHL regular season game, and he scored a goal. Uh, he had a breakaway even strand goal, 7-14 into the second period for a 3-1 Caps lead. Uh, Spencer Carberry during his post-game press conference on Thursday night on Evgeny Kuznetsov. I, I liked his game tonight. Um, started off a little bit rough, like he turns one over on that one entry, goes down, he, he duplicates on the track, they get a great A in the slot. Um, so I felt like he was trying to find it, and then I thought in the second period he really turned on, liked his pace, like I thought he was skating better. Um had a couple really good entries. He was controlling the puck way more noticeable. So that uh, that's a positive step uh, in the right direction for him. Good to hear that. Uh, the cap starting goaltender on Thursday night was Charlie Lindgren. Uh, he was the cap starting goaltender for the fifth time in 10 games since Darcy Kemper returned from injury. This Caps goaltending situation has become a timeshare, as opposed to Kemper being the number one and Lindgren being the number two. Uh, Kemper in that loss at the Coyotes late night on Monday night stopped just two of the five shots on goal that he faced and was pulled in the first period in favor of Lindgren. Uh, Lindgren on Thursday night stopped 34 of the 38 shots on goal that he faced. So not a great game. Uh, he, per natural stat trick, stopped eight of the nine high danger shots on goal that he faced, stopped nine of the 11 medium danger shots on goal that he faced, and stopped 16 of the 17 low danger shots on goal that he faced. Uh, next up for the Caps, two games this weekend, home to the New York Rangers Saturday night at seven and at the Chicago Blackhawks Sunday night at 7. And if you are looking for tickets to a Caps game for you or for someone else as a gift this holiday season, download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the promo code ALGALDI for $20 off your first purchase. GameTime is great for tickets for you or for someone as a gift, given that we are in the holiday season. Uh, the GameTime app is offering outstanding deals on tickets to games. When it comes to buying tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater, the way to go is with the GameTime app. Uh, what makes GameTime great is its best price guarantee. You don't have to worry if you're truly going about getting tickets in the best possible way. GameTime's best price guarantee means that you'll always get the best price because if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. What's also great about GameTime is how easy it makes searching for tickets. You can search by team venue or artist. Uh, also, GameTime is the app for last-minute ticket deals. You don't have to plan months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. GameTime also offers flash deals on tickets, and tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. GameTime is the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country. Find out why. Get the tickets without the stress with GameTime 
which is offering a great deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Al Galdi for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, but download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Al Galdi for $20 off your first purchase. Download the Game Time app and use that promo code Al Galdi. Game Time, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, now to Goldilocks, my college football previews and picks for the FBS teams of the Mid-Atlantic region. Uh, You have heard of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Well, this is Goldilocks, and it is brought to us by Crab Sports. Crab Sports is Maryland's number one sports book. You can visit crabsports.com or download the new Crab Sports app, which is available in both the App Store and Google Play. Crab Sports is the only sports book that offers special boosts and parlays on all DMV areas teams. In fact, if you go to crabsports.com or are on the Crab Sports app between 5 p.m. Eastern Friday to 11 a.m. Eastern Saturday, you will see my Goldilocks picks in the boosted odds section. Yes, you get boosted odds with the Goldilocks selections, making it easier for you to make money money. And know this, Crab Sports is offering a $500 first bet insurance promo For new customers, place your first bet of up to $500, and if it loses, Crab Sports will pay you back in a free bet. So you have a second chance to win, a second chance to make money money. Join Crab Sports now with the promo code GALDI, G-A-L-D-I, my last name, GALDI. So CrabSports.com or the Crab Sports app, promo code GALDI. And Crab Sports is working in partnership with a fellow Maryland homegrown business, the Green Turtle, with its free-to-play game. Uh, You can win up to $25,000 three times a week, and the free-to-play game is, yes, free to play. Uh, Just submit your picks for Thursday night football, Sunday football, and Monday night football. And depending on how many picks you get right, you will qualify for the $25,000 Green Turtle gift cards and Crab Sports free bets. Crab Sports is awesome. And Crab Sports wants to remind you to please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Must be 21 years of age or older. So we this weekend have the final game of the 2023 college football regular season. Goldilocks game number one, Navy versus Army at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts, Saturday afternoon at three. The midshipmen per Crab Sports plus two and a half. The 124th all-time meeting between Navy and Army in football. Navy leads the series 62-54-7. Seven of the last nine games between the schools have each been decided by seven points or less, including last year's game, December 10th, 2022, Navy concluded a 4-8 season with a 2017 double overtime loss to Army at Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia. And it was the day after this game that Navy announced that Ken Niamatololo was out 
as Navy head coach after 15 plus seasons. Uh, I think that it's still very debatable whether Navy should have parted with Ken Niamatololo, but it is true that Navy in recent seasons has not been what it was. Navy this season, five and six overall, including four and four in the American Athletic Conference. Navy from 2003 through 2019 had 15 winning seasons in 17 years, but a loss to Army on Saturday would give Navy a third consecutive losing season. Now, it's not like Army is good. Uh, the Black Knights, they for this season are five and six. Uh, there are 133 teams in the FBS. If you go by ESPN's College Football Power Index for this season, Navy is the 113th best team in the FBS. Army is 101st. Uh, not good. Uh, but Navy, with a win over Army, will clinch a share of the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy, which goes each season to the service academy that does the best in football games against the other two service academies, the three service academies being Navy, Army, and Air Force. If Navy defeats Army, the trophy uh, will remain with Air Force since the Falcons won it last. Uh, if Army defeats Navy, the Black Knights will win the trophy for the first time since 2020. If there is a discernible advantage for either team in this game, that advantage is Navy's defense. Now, I say that, and yet the Mids defense got destroyed in their last game, a 59-14 loss at SMU on November 25th. But Navy this season at times has been good defensively. Heck, the Mids this season have three shutout wins, marking the program's most shutout wins in a season since having four shutout wins in the 1978 season. Uh, this has been a tumultuous season for Navy at quarterback with head coach Brian Newberry starting four different quarterbacks. We in that loss at SMU saw Newberry start Xavier Arline at quarterback. He was one of many mids players who got injured during the game, uh, although he did return to the game, but we ended up seeing a lot of freshman quarterback Braxton Woodson in the game. Uh, what the mids need in this game against Army are big games from arguably Navy's two best players, fullback Alex Tesca and slotback Eli Heidenreich. Uh, I like those guys to deliver. Give me Navy plus two and a half. Make money, money, make money, money, money. Thank you, Snoop Dogg. And don't forget, go to crabsports.com or download the Crab Sports app and use the promo code GALDI. Crab Sports is offering a $500 first bet insurance promo for new customers. Place your first bet of up to $500. And if it loses, Crab Sports will pay you back in a free bet. So you have a second chance to win, a second chance to make money, money. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Monday show, episode 717. We'll have a lot for you on the Commanders. Also on Monday show, we'll talk Capitals, Wizards, college football, and college basketball. The Caps have two games this weekend, home to the New York Rangers Saturday night at 7 and at the Chicago Blackhawks Sunday night at 7. The Wizards have one game this weekend at the Brooklyn Nets Friday night at 7.30. College football, we have Navy versus Army at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts Saturday afternoon at 3. And college basketball, this weekend, Georgetown is home to Syracuse Saturday morning at 11.30. Virginia Tech is home to Valparaiso Saturday at noon. And number 18, James Madison, is at Old Dominion Saturday night at 7. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday. And the Orioles again in the win column.